Recorded live from the TCR studios in Melbourne, Florida, this is the Cannabis Report with Michael Patterson. Brought to you by MGMC Pharma Group. We make a difference. Check out the virtual tour of our cannabis cultivation facility on our website, mgmc-group.com. Now, here's your host, Michael Patterson. Welcome, welcome, everybody, and thank you for tuning in on a podcast or if you're watching on YouTube for our show. It's our fifth show of the Cannabis Report. I feel like that is a milestone, but it, it really isn't, but I feel that for some reason that it is. So. Well, for, for you other podcasters out there and some guys that we're getting ready to have on the show today, um, they would think that we're just getting warmed up because Correct. they've been doing this a long time. Ballers. So Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, today we're having on some great guys, Sergio Guzman and a guy named Grant Patterson, no relation but should be, um, right. from the CBDHempLibrary.com. They're going to talk about uh, what they're doing. Also, we're going to talk about millennials. Uh, these guys are a little bit younger than, than uh, Mark and I. Uh, Mark, the guy who introduced us, that is my identical twin brother and our producer, which definitely glad to have him on the show. Hello, hello. And, and I was just thinking, I was driving up to the studio today, that uh, how awesome this is that uh, right. we had said years ago that we were going to do this podcast. This is uh, you know, a super milestone, uh, show number five. I don't know why, but I feel it is. And uh, I'm just super excited that we're in this industry and uh, we're here for you guys. You know, It's a place for us, for us to be able to share thoughts, share ideas, and uh, our compassionate army, CA30K. Right. And so if you're not familiar with Compassion Army, that is the people who follow me on LinkedIn and who follow the show. We definitely record, uh, encourage you to uh, subscribe on YouTube if you're watching. And also if, if the podcast show, if you're looking for the podcast, it would be on, is it Space Coast Podcast, Jesse? Mm -hmm. So you would go with Google, with a Google Space Coast Podcast? Space Coast Podcast Network. Space Coast Podcast Network. Dot com? No. No, no. no. Just Space Coast Podcast Network. Yeah, on Apple and Spotify. On Apple and Spotify. Ah. You just look up Space Coast, Space Coast Podcast Network, and you'll find the Cannabis Report with Michael Patterson. Just click on that, and then have the downloads of the shows and be able to listen to them, comment, and then respond. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn, which is Michael Patterson, U.S. Cannabis Pharmaceutical Research and Development in that respect. But um, one of the things on this show, just to give you an idea, is our goal was to give you a little bit of information, um, give you a little bit of idea of what's going on in the industry around the world, and most importantly, to have some fun. So we're definitely going to have some fun, uh, kick right. it out a little bit. And That's so, my middle name, Mike. Really? Actually, your middle name's Mark. It, it technically it is. So his first name is John. I said a little trivia. Just call me Mark. Exactly. So let's do this, Mark. Let's go into the news. It's time for Cannabis News. Yes, it is. The news today brought to you by ICS or Integrated Compliance Solutions and its Merchant Processing Division, Greenlight Payments, are the industry leaders in banking and payment processing solutions for the cannabis industry. Since 2014, ICS has, used, has been used by more banks and more cannabis-related businesses for their compliant cannabis banking needs than any other solution provider in the industry. For more information, go to ICSLV.com. So, uh, raise your hand if you want a free bag of marijuana. Raise your hand. Jesse? Jesse yes? did. Okay. Hey, Jesse uh, raised so his hand. We're three for three in yes. the studio. Um, I think that our uh, Grant and um, Sergio. Sergio probably have their hands up as well. We'll find out later. Cannabis activists in Washington, D.C. are planning to offer a free bag of marijuana to those receiving the vaccine for COVID-19. 
The group DC Marijuana Justice announced this week the free cannabis giveaway dubbed Joints for Jabs. All right. I don't know. I, I like it. A little it. different. I got, a little different. Okay. Joints for Jabs is being arranged to coincide with the vaccine clinics expected to open in the nation's capital soon. With Joints for Jabs, the DCMJ activists hope to highlight the need for further cannabis policy reform at the national and local level while bringing awareness to the importance of equitable distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine. So, Mike, what are the rules? These guys are just giving out cannabis uh, like it's Christmas. So tell me the rules in D.C. Well, Washington, D.C., if you're not familiar, it's a district of Columbia. It's only, what, 30 square miles or less than that. And so it's it's not a state, and it's, it's, uh, it's a very, very unique situation. So the way it works in D.C. is you cannot sell recreational cannabis yet, even though it's legal. You can gift it. So you can give up to two ounces, but you cannot sell it. So what people are trying to do is... Like, like this whole thing where they're initiating to give a cannabis, a, a bag of cannabis away. Technically, you can if you're over 21. And the reason they don't have a regulatory scheme for stores there, everybody's going to find this shocking, is because Congress oversees the budget for the city of Washington. So Congress has said they don't want to allow them to spend any money to implement the system in Washington, D.C. to create a store. So they didn't put any money in the budget. Right. So if they don't have any money in the budget, then they can't do it. And and so what people do is you can gift it. But ironically, if you get caught with it on federal property and in Washington, D.C., most of Washington is federal Federal property. So if you get caught with it on federal property, it's a federal crime. But if you step across the street and go into D.C., it's totally 100 percent legal. So it's just it's just a cluster. There you go. Once local health officials begin offering vaccines to the general public, dozens of home cannabis cultivators will celebrate the occasion by handing out free bags of marijuana outside the vaccination centers. Local cannabis growers have already pledged three pounds of marijuana for the giveaways and organizers are hoping for a mass five pounds of pot by the time the events begin. Yeah, it won't be enough. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it won't. won't The group is now advocating for Senate passage of the Moore Act, a landmark bill that would legalize marijuana at the federal level that was approved by the House of Representatives last month. More clarity on the Moore Act, Mike. Well, the main thing with the Moore Act is, is to give you an idea in D.C. is the main thing that we all need is we need the decriminalization of cannabis. I do not think that the Moore Act will pass in its current form um, because to legalize cannabis at the federal level, you really need to have a lot of things happen. You need to have a great infrastructure. We need to be able to have a tax rate that we can all uh, agree upon. We need to have social equity legislation that puts in international trade. So what we're looking at is is uh, decriminalization needs to come right away because that keeps uh, the difference between uh, people getting locked up for cannabis and not getting locked up for cannabis. So that's step one. And then I think more act will have different layers. But that's the one thing that we and, and my side and our company is trying to work on for to the government to understand. Let's get decriminalization done first and then let's go into a comprehensive plan to get uh, cannabis legalization at the federal level. All right, next story in our own backyard. Florida's medical pot patients have significantly cut back on prescription drug use. A new study by the University of Florida at Gainesville School of Pharmacy is backing up prior research studies showing that medical cannabis can help patients suffering from a variety of serious illnesses reduce their use of opioids, benzos, and dangerous pharmaceuticals. In 2014, Florida lawmakers passed the Compassionate Medical Cannabis Act, 
a limited law allowing the use of low THC, high, BD, high CBD cannabis oils to treat a small number of health conditions. Despite its limitations, the law contained a unique provision to help research the program's effectiveness over time. Now, for the first year that program was active, registered cannabis providers were required to submit their initial and follow-up treatments for all their patients. So according to the data, around 40% of patients showed improvements in their conditions after the medical cannabis treatment program and notable instances of reported reductions in prescription drug use since their initial assessment. So do you see that this is the wave of the future, Mike? Absolutely. If you look at nationally, typically uh, what we're seeing here in Florida as well as other states, patients who start taking medical cannabis typically go down two to three prescription drugs per month. So if somebody's not every single month, but they would go down two to three drugs per month. So if you look at that on a national scale, if I'm a pharmaceutical company and I have a drug for uh, chronic pain, uh, an opiate, what have you, and then my patients stop going off on that in multiple states, that's billions of dollars. And one of the reasons that we see that is because cannabis has uh, what we call is, well, our bodies have what we call an endocannabinoid system, and cannabis has cannabinoids. So um, for, uh, to, to explain this, it's kind of like a lock and key system for the body. So cannabis is accepted to our bodies as a natural, uh, a natural entity. And so our bodies use that to keep, it, keep ourselves at homeostasis or at, or at uh, neutral, so to speak. And so it decreases inflammation across our entire body. And what we're learning is more of these diagnoses of these problems of these, of these um, diseases and viruses have to deal with inflammation. So if cannabis can decrease that, uh, it's huge. And that's one of the reasons why people say it benefits so many different things or cannabis helps so many different ailments is because of that endocannabinoid system. So this is something I see is, is going to increase. And to give you an idea, here in Florida, there's almost 500,000 medical patients now which is insane. Oh, since, wow, I didn't know it had gone up that much. Since 2016, and we're going up almost 5,000 people every week. So it's definitely not going away. It's only going to increase. Well, and what did you say? The percentage, of the you pick a state, and what did you say, 10% of this of this uh, state or the population will be will use cannabis? Well, it depends. If, if you're talking recreational, yes. And so recreational cannabis, about 10% of the patients, or excuse me, 10% of the population will use cannabis on a monthly basis. And that data... Is, is very uh, harmonious with uh, alcohol. Alcohol, about 15% of Americans typically use ca- uh, alcohol on a monthly basis. And then medically, if you're looking at the data, typically 2 to 5% of the population will qualify for medical cannabis um, in, in those states. Now, you do have outliers. The state of Oklahoma is up to 8% of their population. That's a whole other story. But typically, it's 2 to 5% of that population will be medical, and then 10% would use on a recreational basis. All right, last story. We're making our way over to the hemp side, something that our guests really uh, are experts in. USDA gives hemp farmers breathing room on THC, testing EA requirement. So hemp producers will have more breathing room under newly released rules on the federally mandated THC levels before they are declared criminally negligent, with the margin of error increasing from a total of 0.5 to 0.1, excuse me, 1% THC. So hemp farmers or testing agents will also have more time to harvest plants after testing, while the harvest window increased from 15 days to 30 calendar days after sampling is completed to better allow for variables such as testing weather, agricultural practices, and equipment delays. So however, there are still several areas of concern the USDA did not appear to budge on, including sampling requirements and the mandate for laboratories to register with a U.S. Drug Enforcement Agency. So... Mike, it's saying that they increased their limit. Uh, they emphasize that 
the limit still is 0.3%. However, if you go, the the limit for criminal negligence was 0.5%. And then now they've bumped it up to 1%. And they're saying you can throw, instead of being criminally negligent, you can throw that product away or burn it uh, moving forward instead of, um, you know, having to worry about law enforcement. But explain to the audience how challenging it is to get 0.3% out of hemp. Yeah, it's it's a total mess, and I think a lot of this goes back to the way hemp was legalized through the um, Farm Bill of 2018. It was pushed through, and yes, we're all excited it got passed, but at the same time, 0.3% THC is the legal definition of hemp. So if you're unfamiliar, hemp is more of an industrial product. And you can do, you can build, a, a con, you can use concrete for it. You can have it for drywall. It can actually make plastics. Well, and you can smoke it as well, obviously. You can. You can smoke it. Right. You're not going to get high off of it, but you can smoke it. And so also the thing that throws everybody off is hemp actually has a lot of CBD or cannabidiol. And so um, that's something that is a, a cannabinoid or chemical in, in hemp is also a chemical in marijuana. But the legal definition of marijuana is anything over 0.3%. The challenge, if you're growing hemp for industrial purposes, is getting below that 0.3% is extremely difficult. And so the USDA is trying to give some leeway, but the end at the end the end product that they use must still be below 0.3%. Well, t- but tell the story that you were shipping uh, some uh, U.S. hemp overseas and how it was so challenging to stay within those limits because if it's high, too high, it's it's hot. Right. right. And they consider that hot is anything below above 0.3. But the challenge is so so when you're you're shipping hemp internationally, it, you have to be to meet the standard of that country you're shipping to as well. So, for example, we were shipping into United Kingdom or England and it had to be below 0.2 percent and shipping it in there. It didn't meet that requirement. And so it was actually destroyed. We send a sample in of one kilogram of hemp flour. But what we're looking to do and trying to push the law to where it'll eventually we can get hemp to 1.0 or lower. So internationally, and right now, that's where Switzerland is. Switzerland is 1.0% THC or lower for hemp to allow that variance because there is going to be variance. It's a very high level, excuse me, a difficult level for laboratories to all agree on that 0.2 or 0.1 or 0.3% because the laboratory system is a whole nother issue. They just hadn't caught up to this sophistication yet for cannabis, and it's, it's, a, it's a process of uh, still in the works. Well, definitely challenging, but uh, that's it for the news, Mike. Okay, guys, and so now we're definitely excited to, to go in to talk to our guests here from CBDlibrary.com. So, Mark, go ahead and take it away. Our guests today are a dynamic duo, one a Florida Gator and the other a Texas Tech Raider, who combined forces in Houston, Texas, to create the CBD Hemp Library Show on YouTube in 2019. These hemp connoisseurs are fantastic at reviewing and evaluating products in the retail hemp CBD industry. When not filming their show, this tag team enjoys playing sports, snowboarding, making money, and traveling. And based off this list, we're going to be friends for a long time. Let's give a warm cannabis report welcome to Sergio Guzman and Grant Patterson, stars of the CBD Hemp Library. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. Glad to have you on. Can you hear us okay? Yes, definitely can. Definitely can. Thank you so much for having us on. Absolutely. We're definitely glad to have you guys on. So if you can, um, let's start out by giving us a little background about CBD Hemp Library and uh, how you, uh, Grant and Sergio, got into doing your show. You want to start? Yeah, I'll start it. So we both worked in a CBD shop and uh, we had realized quite early on that there was no really quality control. 
-hmm. we saw that there are some products that are at gas stations, some that are at smoke shops, some that are at stores, and everything is varied in, in quality. So we decided to, I guess, begin to review them. And we were just like, let's just put up, throw on the camera, get some mics and figure it out as we go along. And we, we started, I think, three days after we met. Okay. So take wow. Yeah, we met. We were the only two employees at a CBD shop. The boss there was awful. He was he was terrible, honestly. And we, <laughs> and we actually offered him to shoot this show at his shop to help promote his products. And he told us no. And then his shop failed a month later. But um, so we, we just started doing it in Sergio's at that time in Sergio's kitchen, pretty yeah. much in San Antonio, Texas. And we just started shooting every single day, put out eight videos a week for probably two, three months and just kept going. OK. OK. Awesome. So so let's talk about a little bit about uh, as, as you can, guys, if you can watching us on YouTube, that um, Sergio and Grant are in their 20s. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And so I'm not in my 20s, as no, you can tell. Not. And Mark is not. I look more 20s. like I'm in my 20s than you do, Mike. Actually, you don't. <laughs> yeah. You don't at all. Okay? I'm seven it's, minutes older. Really? But it so, doesn't show. So Mark and I are in our late 40s. And so one of the things I wanted to, to ask you guys is a lot of, a lot of people assume um, or stereotype the younger generation as only wanting to use hemp or cannabis or any marijuana to get high. And they don't, all they, all they care is about being messed up and so forth and so on. So give us an idea of, of the millennial Gen Z generation and what you guys are doing and why you're focused on more of the medicinal and the regulatory side. Well, I mean, in my opinion, it's because that's the side people don't know about. Yeah. So in the yeah. college setting, right. everyone knows about their local dealer who tears off a Walmart bag, puts the weed in the little Walmart right. bag and gives it to you and you the college setting. But no one knew about the hemp. No one knew about like the former athletes that I played football with. No one knew about like the ointments and the CBD creams that were available to them for after their knee surgery. Um, no one knew that there was something that they honestly could smoke that didn't get them high because I had friends that honestly enjoyed smoking, enjoyed weed even in the past. But over time, either THC percentage has gotten too high, um, anxiety went up, situations in life changed and they wanted to smoke to soothe themselves but not really get high. And CBD is an option for that. So honestly, just to, to bring it to people our age because they just simply didn't even know it was an option. Yeah. Even today, we show people a CBD nug and they're amazed, yep. you know, like people don't really understand what it is. They're like, this is legal. This is legal in Texas because we're in a, a state where they try to throw you under the prison for weed related <laughs> things. So, well, let me it, ask you, how did you guys how do you guys get your your fl hemp flower? I mean, do you, do you I mean, where do you buy that? Um, so for us, actually, companies ship it to us to review at okay. the, at this point um yeah, nice. when we bought it before we worked in the shop that's how we got started so we got discount flower at the shop and we would review that and then we kind of just started branching out branching out going to conventions and then at this point it's mostly all shipped to us from i mean and, all and doing those reviews and so with that tell me this so so smokable hemp flower if you're unfamiliar listening and watching, it's becoming a thing. Yeah. Our friends and in Asheville, North Carolina, they're like, yeah, it's big up in here. In Asheville. And also, it's becoming a thing internationally, specifically in Europe, because Europe does, they smoke a lot more um, tobacco products. And so- Combined with the- Well, well, the problem is, yeah, but but hemp, they're looking to, to try to get them off of tobacco. But yes, uh, the European, 
weekends, if you're listening, for some reason you guys love to mix tobacco and cannabis, which Ooh, I don't understand. I don't know that. So either. Americans, <laughs> we want them separate. You know, we want it pure. We want it pure. Right. And so, um, but but are you guys seeing the same thing with hemp flower starting to be more of a, a, a not a, se- a, a, a substitute for t- uh, tobacco, but more people getting involved in the smoking of it? Absolutely. I think it's that when we worked in the shop, a lot of the people that were coming in were having tobacco withdrawals or they wanted to try something besides the the jewel carts or whatever nicotine uh, substitute that they're smoking. So they would get into CBD. And I think we also see a section of the smokable flower market coming from people who have had bad experiences with Delta 9 just being too strong these days. Yep. You know, that's see in california some people that haven't smoked in a long time will go smoke something over there and have a terrible experience so then they're like i do enjoy some of the aspects but i don't want to be that high ever again and the cbd flower kind of fills that void for them so sergio comment more elaborate more on the the delta nine and the delta eight so let's talk yeah, about for, yeah. for and and you don't have to get too scientific but just as the, the, the general layperson, explain to them the difference between delta eight and delta nine uh, I kind of like the way that we explained it in that in that one video with Key. You remember it was yeah. like Delta Nine is the big brother. Um, so Delta Nine is the one that is in all the legal states. So right now is it 15, 16 recreational states? Fifteen so as of now. If somebody really just doesn't know, I'll be like, that's the stuff in Colorado and California that gets you hot. It's the THC side that that's illegal federally, but it is illegal at the state level in certain states. So yes, to make sure we're on the same page. Exactly. So we we try to explain them that way. And then we go if you go down to CBD, that's kind of just the and the, in the episode, I think we called it the caring mother. But that's the one that kind of is just a, a heal all. It's a way that right. can help with so many different things and, and can patch up so many different things, but doesn't doesn't get you high at all. And then if you're talking about straight effects, Delta 8 THC is in the, in the middle of that. Yeah. Um, Delta 8 THC gives you some of the lift that Delta 9 does, but just simply for not as long. Um, but a lot of the same cannabinoids and the same things that CBD offers because it's a it's comfort, it's like hemp extracted. So I, I have a question. So I'm sure most of our audience has has uh, smoked a joint before. But what do you what what kind of um, feelings do you get, or how does it affect you when you use the the hemp uh, joint or whatever or your flower? I mean, I would say it's it's comparable to Delta 9 in that you get that same type of high experience. Delta 8 or CBD? Or, oh, yeah. Are you talking about Delta 8 or CBD? That's I'm talking question. about just, yeah, strictly CBD. CBD flower. flower. So imagine CBD just smoking flower. a CBD so, flowered cigarette. Yeah. Okay. So the, the CBD flower is more of like a, a holistic feel. Like you don't necessarily feel, you know, high or anything like that at all. But let's say you've had a stressful day. Yeah. When you roll up and you smoke a joint, you'll you'll notice that the stress kind of it just alleviates from your body. There's not really any psychological aspect uh, attached to it. It's just they say CBD isn't for what you feel; it's for what you don't feel. Pretty yeah. much after, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. some of those stressful things, like Sergio said, some of those anxieties, some of those things start to dissipate, but you don't feel it as much as obviously as you would with Delta Nine in terms of um, in your head. Makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. And so that's what we're starting to see more. Delta 8 is not big yet when what I've seen overseas. Um, I think it's something that will start to come. Um, usually what we're seeing is Europe is – couple years behind the U.S., some some say one, two, some say five, but the ironic thing is there's a lot of push. It's interesting because Europe, everything, if you're on a, in a country like Germany, everything's legal 
at the federal level, but it's just convoluted, kind of like it here is in the States. So so Europe yeah. is kind of like the U.S. in the fact that you have all these countries, and every country, it's a little bit different. And in the States, the laws, every state is different, and of course, the federal law is different in that respect. Um, one of the questions I right. want to shift in gears is, talking about the show and the CBD hemp, hemp library for people who are looking to get in the space, no matter where they get in, um, what kind of advice do you have in regards to kind of what your show is now, what you see your show moving towards, what kind of advice would you have for people who want to get into the industry somewhere? Oh, so not necessarily in the, in terms of media, but just anywhere in the industry. Well, start with your example about media and then kind of gravitate to what you see and how people can get involved in whatever they're used to or whatever the area that business they want to get in. Perfect. Yeah. So to start with the media, um, I guess I'll answer that question. Just start making content. Um, that's by far the most important thing. And, and that's for any content creator out there. Um, like I said, when we first started, we were making like eight, eight, nine videos a week. And so we were just consistent every single day shooting videos, some days shooting five, six videos in one day and putting them out over. So it was just creating content and kind of just trying to spread the word about whatever you want to speak about or whatever you're passionate about in the space, whatever also you're most educated about. Because people, as you go, will see straight through if you're not educated about what you're talking about, because the fan base won't grow. People will be like, this guy's he's full of crap. He's not, he doesn't even know what he's talking about. So um, find out what you're passionate about, find out what you know about, and then make a lot of content around it. And then in terms of the whole industry, what would you say? Well, I mean, and I, w- I would agree with the media aspect in terms of just getting started. That's every, that's the hardest part mm-hmm. is just getting started. We, you'll figure out the formulas as it goes along. You know, we, we've tweaked here, we've tweaked there, we've changed studios five times, I think, at yeah. this point. So <laughs> now you're at Grant's house. Getting... Now the studio's at Grant's house. It started at your house and then it went to Grant's <laughs> house, didn't it? Because Grant is single. Okay. Right. That is why. We, started this in a 500 square foot apartment and we shared my kitchen table it was my computer desk and uh my actual kitchen all on one table so we had to every time we had to set up the podcast we had to take a computer completely off of the table (laughs) set these arms up and then set it all back up when we finished so yeah it was it was no joke when we first started now it's definitely much much easier (laughs) <laughs> understood, understood. And then, guys, tell us if 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 people want to get a hold of of Sergio, you and Grant, and the CBD library. How do they do that? So the easiest place would be probably to DM us on Instagram. That's actually how most companies get in contact with us. Um, and if you go on our Instagram, then there's also the information about our email, Twitter. Um, and I also personally have a LinkedIn, Grant Patterson. So if somebody wants to reach out that way, I'm pretty active on all social media forums. So no matter how anyone wanted to reach out with us, we'd probably answer within 24 hours. But I would say Instagram DM is the easiest way to get in contact. So with Instagram, what is your, your handle on Instagram? That is at CBD Hemp Library. Okay. At CBD Hemp Library on Instagram, or they can get Grant Patterson, um, which we are not related even though right. we have a, a, a same last name, which is awesome, brother from another right. mother. Yeah, exactly. So, and then, hey, before we before they go, I do I do need to ask you guys. So, you know, you guys evaluate all these hemp products. So, what do you feel? You know, method of delivery. You know, what do you feel is best? What do you feel the market is right now? Where do you feel it's moving towards in the retail, uh, you know, hemp market? 
I mean, I would say it depends what your use case is for it and whether or not you're okay with smoking. If you're okay with smoking and you want something that's very rapid onset, I would suggest something like a concentrate, like a dab. Those are the most noticeable effects you can immediately get from a CBD smokable product. But day to day, um, what I would say is the most popular right now yeah. would be the edibles out here for because that's just people feel so comfortable with the edibles. Right. The flower still has a stigma around it. People yeah. still feel like I'm going to get in trouble because I have I have something that looks like weed on me and the stigma is yeah. attached to it. So. But when it comes to the tinctures and the edibles, I think the stigma is actually almost completely gone. Yeah. Because I have like older grandmother and like aunts in their 70s that are now completely okay with CBD edibles. That's kind of like my gauge on what society is. I agree. Is my, yeah. Would she attack me for using this? And, yeah. Isn't and it? So if, if my grandmother's okay with it, I pretty much assume everybody out there is a general consensus that they're okay with it as well. Well, isn't it funny because, you know, when people find out that you're in cannabis, then they're like, oh, well, you know, and then they're interested because they heard that, you know, their knee hurts and stuff like right. that. And a friend of theirs took one and then they're like, you know, hitting you up all the time. And you're like, you know, and it's yeah. just like that prohibition hangover is coming down. Right. This green tsunami is coming to uh, the world. And you guys are right on the front line, just like us. And we really appreciate you guys being on the show today. So Grant Patterson and Sergio Guzman with the CBD Hemp Library. Thank you so much, guys. And we look to be in touch with you very, very soon. Absolutely. Definitely. Thank you so much for having us on. Thanks, guys. All Take right. Care. Awesome. So glad to have those guys on yeah, the show. Yeah, man. That, that's fantastic because, you know, we're not experts in hemp, you know, especially smokable hemp in the retail market. And uh, these guys, it's right up their alley. It's definitely great to see what's going on in Houston and uh, how that can affect uh, the rest of the world and, and hemp. So speaking of affecting the rest of the world, Jesse, it's time for our cannabis tip of the day. The Cannabis Entrepreneur Tip of the Day. Tip of the Day sponsored by Hemp Synergistics. From intelligent hemp-based consumer products and ingredients, Hemp Synergistics is a biotechnology company whose goal is to make a meaningful difference in the hemp industry. For more information, go to HempSynergistics.com. Take it away, Mike. So the tip of the day is get comfortable with being uncomfortable. So one of the things in this industry is it's very difficult to go to certain people and say, well, what should I expect? Because the industry is just so new and, and things keep keep evolving. And keep Life evolving. begins at the edge of your comfort zone. Well, right? it does. And so it I've does. been living in the edge of my comfort zone for eight years now with cannabis. Yep, and yep. so it's it's so different. So, for example, when I, and I'll give you specific examples of get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I, uh, getting into this, I had to get in, uh, a lot of things to where uh, social media, I'm not the best. Um, so I had to get used to making websites, figuring out how to upload different types of things. Um, I had to get used to making business plans, writing Excel spreadsheets for uh, financials. And so those are the things that I had a little bit of experience with been in my previous roles in, in healthcare. But having to do those on your own and not having other people to go to at the beginning was very difficult. Um, one of the things about uh, social media was LinkedIn. I did not realize the benefits of LinkedIn um, until I started. And then once I started, then I had to sit there and go reach out to people on LinkedIn. Maybe I did not know 
and be like, hey, I, I want to learn about this or I want to offer my services and getting that rejection. You know, you're going to get rejected a lot of different things in what you do. Uh, one of the things about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable was a situation that I had in 2019 where I was picked uh, out of uh, people all around the United States to be the speaker at the 2019 UBS, which is United Bank of Switzerland Global Consumer and Retail Conference, which is based in Boston. So I had to be interviewed for that. I had to be chosen out of all the other experts. And I was chosen uh, out of uh, people from from all over the U.S., which is very exciting. They said, "Okay, you're going to go speak to people from all we're flying in from all over the world about the cannabis markets around the world and going in there and I go to Boston, fly there and, and meet everybody. This was the who's who of industry. You had oh, uh, yeah, I remember. C- CEO Dr. Pepper, yeah, you, you had there. Domino's Pizza, you had Under Armour, you had um, large scale other publicly traded companies. And what they would do is anything dealing with consumer and retail, people would come from all over the world. And so I go there and then I, I t- basically tell the go to the desk and say who I am and I get my little pass. And then they had a little uh, it was kind of like a green room. And I would go in there and you had to show your pass and I'd walk in and they were just Georgia's like CEO. So I remember sitting down in the in the CEO of Merck, a pharmaceutical was sitting at the next table. And I'm like, well, shit, I mean, what am I, should I go say something to him? Should I say, hey, right. how you doing? I'm a marijuana guy. Yeah. And I would wait until it was just he and I and I would go up and hi, I'm so and so. And like, oh, OK, great. Nice to talk to you. And then had a good conversation with him and then i walked to some companies that were coming in from norway and sweden and i would tell them what i did and they kind of looked at me kind of funny like you're here and why and uh because it's coming it, the green yeah, wave is so, coming and so then i mean i i was lucky enough to get a, a conversation with the ceo of dr pepper who owns Curec. I don't okay. know if you know that Dr. Pepper bought them. I did not know that. And I'm sitting there with her CFO, and I'm like, look, guys, CBD um, um, K-Pods are coming with coffee. Re- and, and they were really cool. I got to get – so if you like Dr. Pepper, I love the commercials they have. I do Keurig. like Dr. Pepper. But they said, you know, that's very interesting. That's very interesting, and here's our card and, and so forth and so on. And so um, definitely have been following up with them. But as you know, with corporate America, it's it's something where you it's a long – you, you got to sit there and be patient with them. But anyway, talk to them. Um, and then when I went on to speak, I was terrified because I was sandwiched between the CEO of Under Armour and the CEO of Domino's Pizza. And I'm talking it's about cannabis. So, so I'm sitting there and just terrified on the stage. And and but I went through my program and everything went well. And then I have all these people come up after me uh, after I spoke and started talking to me about, well, what about this and what about that and what about this and. Something that I learned is, is that by preparing for the cannabis side and knowing everything I could about cannabis, I could provide value. And that's the big thing is as you get nervous, just go through your preparation and make sure you know what you're talking about, whatever situation it is. And that's something that that really helped me kind of get through that moment. And afterwards, I was very excited that I did that because I was blazing the trail for cannabis to make it on the global stage. And so that was a very exciting point for me. So the entrepreneur entrepreneurial tip is get comfortable with being uncomfortable well you did and i remember that time uh it was pretty exciting uh and you know through your whole you kind of had to make a pathway and that's what we want to do is is help the the industry out you know there was nothing like this seven eight years ago and and the industry is just starting to boom and we are going we are all this industry so we all need to sit together we all need to work together to form a better world you know we're going to change the world absolutely absolutely and so go go, ahead all right speaking of changing the world 
Jesse, our champion of the day. Of the week. My bad. Don't want to shortchange it. The Cannibals Champion of the Week. Our Cannabis Champion of the Week is sponsored by the World CBD Awards. If you want to be a part of the world's only objective product awards competition, the World CBD Awards Conference and Gala is for you. For more information, go to worldcbdawards.com. It's going to be in Barcelona this year, Mike. That's where our sister Jill lives. Right. It's going to be great. July, as of right now, um, of course, we all are looking at COVID. But, yes, July, as of right now, we're very excited. We feel it's going to be a great, great event. I'm definitely happy to be a part of it, being the chair. And we got a great team there. So if, if you're interested uh, about more information, worldcbdawards.com. So our champion of the week is uh, Hannah Deacon. She's out of the United Kingdom. And so this is this is Hannah's LinkedIn profile to give you an idea of what she's doing for all of us in pushing this forward. So Hannah's son, Alfie, has a rare form of epilepsy called PCDH19. Alfie suffered up to 500 life-threatening seizures a month and was admitted to a hospital 48 times in 2016 as a result of his severe epilepsy, which is, un- which is unresponsive to anti-epilepsy drugs. This is when uh, Hannah Deacon found medical cannabis could be a treatment for her son's severe epilepsy. Uh, she knew that she could not get this treatment from the UK legally, so she had to take her son to Holland, the Netherlands, in order in 2017 for legal treatment with a pediatric neurologist in The Hague, which is actually in the Netherlands. Following her treatment with TA, with cannabis, full extract cannabis oil, uh, they returned to the UK in 2018 and, and fought a high-profile campaign with Indar Payne to secure the first permanent license from the home office, which is the, um, it's kind of like Medicare, uh, the federal government here in the United States, to access medical cannabis, cannabis on the NHS, which is in the national health care system. Alfie is now a, a NAH, NAH, NHS prescription, and the law changed on November 1st, which means medical cannabis is now legal to prescribe in England. Since having medical cannabis treatment, Alfie, her son, has had long periods of completely seizure-free. Medical cannabis is not a cure for him, and he is still at risk of seizures, but when they do happen, they are short-lived. Uh, Alfie has a huge improvement in quality of life because he has access to medical cannabis on his prescription, and it's all legal. Right now, there's around 500,000 people in the U.K. who who do have epilepsy, and Alfie and only one other person have been prescribed treatment uh, legally through England. Families were delighted when the law changed in 2018, and through their battle was over. Now they're in despair because it's so difficult to get that medication. And so Hannah continues to fight to overcome the barriers for this medication, to have medical cannabis in more hands legally throughout the U.K., and to better support that education. So we just want to give Hannah Deacon a shout-out, and thank you so much for what you do to move this forward. It's those champions that started this movement. Right. You know, it is. To show the power of the plant. For uh, you know the most vulnerable uh, that we have in society, and that's little kids. Um, and so you know it starts there, and it, it goes out. The green tsunami is on its way, right? And if you know anybody who's a, 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 a somebody deserving of a, a cannabis champion, please DM me on LinkedIn. It's Michael Patterson, U.S. Cannabis Pharmaceutical. But that, that's the end of our show, and that's the way it is in the world of <laughs> cannabis today. The power of change right. is within all of us, and it the is. world changes when we change. And so I, all, I had a great time doing the show. Me I want to thank Mike. Jesse and Mark uh, for all their support. And always remember, 
We are all all we need. Until next time, thanks so much. See ya.